Hey there, friend. Hello. So Moomy's still as cute as you remember? Yeah, Fluffy. <laughs> hey, so Fluffy. He's sitting on a pillow for now, being yeah. very good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. How long is that going to last? Yeah. Not to train him. I don't know. Yeah. 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 This shit feels like I won't ever make it home. Yeah, as far as I know, he's known for his documentaries. Oh, who the hell are you talking about, Lily? Well, <laughs> my friend Moomy. Hey, what show is this? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, from St. Petersburg and Brooklyn. This is She's in Russia. I'm Lily. And I'm Asmeet. From snowy St. Petersburg, I should say. It's snowing. Oh, nice. So today we're talking about the finest film of the 21st century. Really, you know, it's no, it, cinematic it's and... Masterpiece. Masterpiece, some might say. Yeah, it really One walks that nice line between reality and fiction it's, it's almost a, better as a documentary than as fiction it's actually it's actually a piece that contains the best final shot in contemporary <laughs> cinema according to certain critics so <laughs> oh also it's pronounced what how did the guy pronounce it don boss don boss who I don't know. One of the fuckers who had to get up before and like masturbate all over well, the stage for 30 Don Boss minutes. is like how you say it in Russian, but he was probably like just being annoying. Don Boss. Don I Boss. mean, other than like Don Bass or something. Um, Don Basson. Don Basson. Yeah. Okay. So on so, Friday yeah, who, evening, on Friday evening, we went to see this film called Don Boss. It's a fiction Movie. film. Movie, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, made by Sergei Loznitsa, who is a Russian Ukrainian filmmaker who has lived in like somewhere in Germany, probably. He's Berlin, Russian? For, like the past 20 years. Yeah, I think that's, that's how they introduced him. Let me see what his Wikipedia page says. Like he was born maybe in Russia, but then. No, he, I think he, he was, was born, born in Ukraine. He was born in the Brest Voblast. In the Belarusian SS. Oh, Belarusian. He's Belarusian. Yes, that's right. But I his forgot. Wikipedia IDs him as a Ukrainian director. So he is, yeah, because I think he was born in Belarus, but then like grew up or something in Ukraine and then has yeah. lived for the past 20 years, people, 20 years, very out of touch with <laughs> Ukrainian. Okay, wait, no, no. no. He, he, 20 oh, years in Berlin. Since 2000, he has worked as a documentary film director in St. Petersburg. Okay, that's a weird sentence. And then the next sentence is, in 2001, he and his family moved to Germany. So he's yeah. been there 18 years. Oh, I'm sorry. 18, not 20. Yeah. yeah. This is the same thing. His kids um, are still in high school. I, I'm just saying, he's been, in, he's been in Germany for quite some time. So that, that, just keep that in mind. But um, Lowe's I mean, needs okay, to... To be fair, like people who are in other countries could do something, you know. Like, oh, they! I agree that they can. I agree that they can, but that definitely is, makes it more difficult. That's why it's just like difficult to have like your on the ground kind of. It's difficult to be present for. I don't know, not like Lily, particular but events, Lily, but like pose feelings. this question for you: What if you watch some YouTube videos? Oh, well, then you know everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What are you talking about? That you're the unwilling. internet opens up the world. Why? You're right. What am I even saying? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, or hear we some should, things. We That's should what do, I like. So, okay. So, the, sorry. What do you want to do? We should do like a proper way of introducing the film. Okay. Like, so, what is it? Okay. So, um, Loznitsa, if that's how you pronounce his name. I don't know. Loznitsa? No, it's spelled with a Z. Um, he may, he's known for making... Uh, Documentaries. Now, uh, for example, oh, sorry, I'm too close to Telegram. I mean, you have his Wikipedia open, but he he made. I know he made Maidan, which I'm. I don't know. You know, it's supposed to be a documentary. Um, <laughs> but who knows now? <laughs> okay, and then like another one he's famous for is called I think My Joy, uh, and something else. Yeah, he's really quite accomplished. He's very prolific. I think he put out like something like 14 films or like of different lengths in 10 years or something like that is that right i don't know 
something, some combination of those, like he 10 makes a things, lot of 14 movies. years of 40 things. He makes a lot of movies. Prolific. Um, but yeah, he's known as like a documentarist or whatever, which makes the fact that this film is um, not, a, not documentary. a documentary important because... And kept is aid for the public. <laughs> confusing. Because the, the movie is uh, shot completely with actors, but it is, according to the makers, it is based on based on real events that, and this is what I read from the description, that were, I think I read this in the description on the website for the Museum of the Moving Image, or is where we saw it. Um, it was based on real events that Loznitsa either heard about, okay, heard about people, mm-hmm. or saw on YouTube. Um, and not there, just, there. he said some of the YouTube videos he recreated scene for scene. Yeah, um, or like some of the things, like the situation with the journalist, like he met that guy and then right. recreated from his memory. Right. So there's like, there's the based on real events factor um, is definitely, you know, whatever. that uh, That's like part of the way the film's presenting itself. So that's how... I don't know what you call those, like, pseudo-documentaries work. But, yeah, it's not, like, actually a documentary by any means. But it definitely, like, plays with the genre a lot because there's no main character. It's a series of vignettes. Uh, that, like, so it cuts from different scenes. And just, re- like, what, what he would say is, like, recreates different scenes that all take place in eastern Ukraine. Um, what I imagine is... 2014 2015 but it's not specified but it like appears to be like in the heat of the conflict kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah that's actually another interesting thing the fact like so the way the vignettes work is like a vignette will play for maybe anywhere between like five and 15 minutes and it will say the location but it doesn't say the year which is actually the it whole okay it doesn't even say the location it will say like a small so, town okay we, you want to talk about the that that's i just important. well first i just want to say yeah so we went to see this movie at um, the museum, as Lily said, the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, um, before Lily went back to St. Petersburg. And it was the first movie in this, like, opening series. And so, like, everybody and their mother had to get up on stage and talk. And it's, like, you know, those guys with chin-length hair who have to, like, pontificate about nothing for, like, 15 minutes. When we because it's, like, to in a series of movie. <laughs> What's the series about? I don't remember. But there's some other... There's, like, a... The next day there was one about Putin and stuff. So I don't know exactly what the, the topic was. I think was. another of his, he has a film called um, Victory Day also. A movie oh, well, called Victory Day, dance. which I also, think might be a documentary. We had reservations for this really good re- re- Greek restaurant in Astoria. Astoria. <laughs> and we missed them because everybody had to, you know, because the get movie their is load two off. hours long plus all the like Columbia and museum people talking. Yeah. I made it like true. four hours. <laughs> you know, it's like, shut the fuck up. It was messed up. It was yeah, messed up. It was so like, at any rate, the, the, the thing we're trying to get across is like, yeah, this film definitely like plays with that. Wait, is this a documentary? Is this fiction? And the camera work, especially like at times it's really shaky as if like some random person could be holding the camera and uh, like a central thread throughout it is that there's these group of people that are playing actors in the film itself. And so it's it's doing that whole like, what I is reality that's essential. thing? That's just the opening and closing it, scene. Opening and closing, okay. Both um, scenes. And it does that thing where, yeah, like you're supposed to question what reality is because this and is it, not only yeah. a hot war, but also like an information war. Well, so here's the thing. It's like, right, so there are a few ways in which this movie, I think, is a problem. <laughs> this is a pest on the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so you presented all of the, what you just said, but it's like, on the one hand, we can just be like, okay, this movie like plays with truth and fiction and stuff and like call it a day. Yeah. But um, the wh- why I like... So I take issue with it. I don't know. You can say your own opinion, but... I, I, I actually didn't enjoy it. So it's hard for me to separate if I didn't enjoy the movie only because of its like um, very biased content or if I didn't enjoy it also because of its like qualities as a film. I think I don't, both. I don't, but I don't know if you're able to separate that. Well, you maybe you're not able to separate like, it. But, stirred up. But, but I, I can tell, I can okay. say for sure like the, I'm not int- into the tactics that were used, like the filmmaking tactics of really long, like, 
like really long shots or like holding on to a scene for too long where you're just like in the scene and in the scene and in the scene and in the scene until you're sort of like beat to death. I like don't particularly like that aesthetic usually. So that doesn't surprise me that I wouldn't like it in this case also. But then the, the other problem is I, I read things of people describing the film as like really uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable because it's just like... Well, you're oh, being oh. beaten over the head with like... um what's the word for that? It's not like gruesome images because there is definitely violence, but like grotesque. Yeah. Maybe grotesque or like, I'm trying to think of one, like what about the example where there's a bus of people just like regular people and they get stopped by the, what do you want to call them? The Eastern Ukrainian. I mean, troops. Okay. Yeah. You wanna, I mean, okay. They're called, for people they're... that hear this, these like languages a lot, like, Western media refers to them as separatists. Yeah, Western media refers to them as separatists. They refer to themselves as Apolchensi, which is like militia. Okay, people. so the Eastern Ukrainian militia. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, but but well, I and, we can and break to that align more, in people's ahead. brain, yeah, Eastern Ukrainian militia has an alignment with Russia. Should just simply put that against. Yeah, Western like Ukraine. Eastern Ukraine is okay. If, if anyone knows anything about the war in Ukraine, you know that there's like an east and west. Western Ukraine is what people refer to just as Ukraine with like Kiev and the government that's recognized where, by the like, rest the of the US world. where the U.S. gives weapons. Yeah, where the U.S. is supportive both financially and ideologically um, and militarily. So that's that's Western Ukraine. That's what we, that's what, when someone says Ukraine nowadays, that's what they're talking about, Western Ukraine. Eastern Ukraine is the part of Ukraine that touches the borders with Russia, where more, there is a higher population of like only like Russian speakers, I guess that's, a, that is important now, um, where there are two, uh, now currently exist two self-proclaimed republics, the Donetsk and Lugansk republics, and those republics are not recognized by the international community as countries. Um, they are referred to in media as, that, that territory is referred to as occupied Ukraine. Occupied like, as in occupied by Russia. Implying occupied by Russia. Yeah. And those people are referred to as separatists, though before 2014, all of this was calmly referred to as Ukraine without any like issues. They were all Ukraine. And so the, the now like huge divide in the country, it's confusing because linguistically like the words are very loaded. Whatever word you use is like from one or the other side. Right. So it's yeah, never no, going to be an really objective annoying. word. Um, but yeah, the people... <laughs> and apparently the, we're <laughs> Eastern Ukrainian sympathizers. Well, yeah, because like there's also... I mean, we're in... Russia, I don't think, has yet to admit it's like military presence in Eastern Ukraine. But like, I think that that has been established. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, so I think, you have I think like they the have paramilitary. I mean, there's like there was what? a lot of years. I think that they have admitted. Okay. Well, then yeah. you can even say the thing is you, you can say some people refer to them as pro-Russian or whatever, but it's a really complicated subject, so it's hard to like sum up the sentiments of all of East Ukraine with like one phrase. But they are people <sighs> who are like anti. I, well, they, the the republics, I think, formed from being anti the government that was put in or that arrived after Maidan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Get it? Fair enough. All right. I think that's okay. enough information. Okay. Enough um, for you. But, but basically, I was just going to say, like, what is the word for describing a scene like when the... I'm just going to refer them to as the militia because I don't want to say Eastern Ukrainian militia all the time. So what is the word for, like, that aesthetic? feeling if that's a phrase of when the militia forces all the men to get off the bus and strip down like that one commander lady right like would you call that grotesque i feel like there's another word for it because it's not like it's not visually cringy i don't know cringy yeah so so there's a lot of those types of scenes wait it's not visually what sorry what it's not visually viscerally repelling like if you saw an image of that you wouldn't be like oh geez because it's not gory or anything demoralizing it's, it's yeah there's something about like the dialogue and the, it's the context people, in yeah which people it's being so in that case like the commander is on the like eastern ukraine side and the people are just people coming in from western ukraine they're like um maybe not even that i don't think they necessarily passed the border no they? i think they did that is the border yeah, yeah yeah okay they're like coming over they come into the border and they're like on the eastern ukraine side and they're just like there's a mix of people like yeah. there's older people and younger people and 
the um, commander basically like chastises them. Has the men come out of the bus. Yeah, like all the men and like chastises them for being cowards because they're not serving that militia. Like they're they're not they're clearly not serving because they're just being civilians. Um, And has them like strip down in this like very kind of symbolic and like upsetting way where it's like cold and snowy and she's like stripped to the waist and like you're betraying your motherland and like all of this you know hyper patriotic language um and yeah it's definitely uncomfortable to watch and I just remember like but there's a mix right like there's that type of thing there's actual violent scenes and then there's like more personal scenes like the mother and daughter thing so like yeah yeah whoever you're referencing here when you say like it's uncomfortable that's true but that's not that's like not necessarily a bad thing. Movies can be uncomfortable. It's just, no, no, it's no, a lot because it's like it's two just, hours of like yeah. over and over and over again. It's kind of yes. like you never saw this movie, but eighth grade, like you're in intense discomfort and anxiety the entire time. Yeah, exactly. And it's exhausting. So it's exhausting. And that, and the scenes are really long and like, yeah. So, I mean, so, so in terms of, um, when you have a movie like this, asking when, when it's playing with this like border between truth and fiction and all this bullshit like it is important to ask a couple of questions one of the questions that I well one, basically one of the questions I have is just like its actual basis in real events and that is something I'm curious about which I actually asked the director about because he was there and at the screen at the showing or whatever is the premiere um it was a New York premiere he was there and I asked like if there was a concrete video in YouTube because he people kept referencing, including him, kept referencing these like dysmorphic, I don't even know, this like concept of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube videos that I watched or heard about. It's just like, well, what videos are you talking about? And so and I wanted to know. The fact that he was yeah. he was like there, like I wasn't able to track down the owner. It's like, okay, but it's uploaded by a person. Could you not contact that person? It just seemed odd to me. Well, maybe he's not good at using the internet, which is... Well, come on. He know he is. Like, he is or somebody on his team is. Yeah. So, so right. So, there was that kind of, like, I don't know, like excuse or something. But he, in any case, like, he didn't seem so concerned with citing sources at all. But I was, like, my question was, can you, like, say that there's... Is there a concrete video that sort of lines up with each specific scene in your movie and then I unfortunately asked a second part of the question which was about like and how did you choose which things to include and he only answered the second part Mm -hmm. I mean if answering at all so I didn't get to know about that though like even if he said I mean that that's just something to think about even if he said like yes there is like that doesn't mean he's like obliged to provide me a list or something though that would have been cool I mean it would be cool yeah if, if like all the YouTube videos were in the credits it's like well you're i mean you should also give people credit yeah yeah you should give people credit which like he is because he's like referencing the fact that they all came from youtube videos but it's sort of like a nameless nameless horde and he's doing it as like look at this cool idea of like filmmaking of using youtube videos yeah yeah. this the problem that you had with it and i also had this because i actually enjoyed like the movie i i enjoy those kind of like long drawn out boring things i don't mind them um but the the problem that we both have with it is that it's funded by the Western Ukrainian government along with the EU and a bunch of other like arts interested ministries. Parties. Yeah. Interested parties, yeah. And it's being paraded around the West as like yeah. this great movie to watch. And most, I would say most people don't have stable footing in what's happening in Ukraine. Definitely. As a whole, really. Even, like, even, any even with our friends that we went, like, you had to break it down and be like, oh, no, this is how it is. And it's like, these aren't dumb people. They just, like, it's confusing and there's a lot of other shit happening in the world. So this is being paraded yeah. around as, like, fact. And then the last thing is the even the people who are introducing it and talking about it were talking about it as if it was a documentary. Yes. Which is that's so irresponsible. Yeah. Very irresponsible. And it's like nobody wanted to mention, oh, it's funded by the Western Ukrainian government. That's, like, insane to me. It's like, if yeah. there was a movie movie about funded by the russian government 
or no, it's, okay. it was a movie about Palestine yeah. and it was completely funded by Israel and it was just being walked around as a documentary, which would definitely happen, but there would be outrage about it for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's this is exactly so yes, thank you for breaking it down. This is exactly the issue with this film. It's like you can say whatever you want and be like, sure, he has artistic license to make a, as, you know, one-sided film as he wants that only tells the story in a particular way that he wants to tell it. That's right, true. The but reason then, it's one-sided is basically every single vignette paints the eastern militia as bad well yeah and let's before i i want to get a little bit more into that but before i just break why break down why that is i just mean like the issue the main issue that is as you said is how it's then presented so not only is it like it's the people who were presenting it to us were encouraging the perception of it as a documentary and were saying things like you know like based on absolutely no knowledge saying things like you know, this really feels like more true to me than the actual events or something yeah, wh- like that, but, which I is mean, crazy. I mean, that guy's like retarded, you okay, know? Okay, but whatever, whatever. Like he sucks, but he's saying it in front of an audience of like maybe 150 people. Yeah, and the other thing that really gets to me is like, okay, sure, in the film, because of like probably legal requirements um, uh, and just in general how films are made, it shows the, in the credits that this is funded by the Ukrainian government, including other funders, right? Just like, yeah. you do see that if, you want, if you're paying attention, but no one's fucking paying attention. Nobody talks about that. And lastly, one thing that you didn't point out is that this shit is being, this particular showing is being sponsored by Columbia University and like their Harriman Institute. And that pisses me off on another level because like as much as they, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I would just like to think that the academic establishment or whatever is attempting a little bit to like question things like government sponsorship and how that works and to maybe like break down especially for their students like what are we seeing in this movie rather than just being like this is a depiction of eastern ukraine as it is i mean it's pr- like they probably they are breaking it down with their students like maybe there was some discussion after where they talked about so. it you know and also it's not it wasn't just that showing that like the Harriman Institute was involved in. It's the whole series, which let me just look up real quick. What the Harriman Institute sponsoring the whole series? I don't know if they're sponsoring it. There's, I don't. It's in part the, the the screening of this movie was in part sponsored by the Harriman Institute. Okay. Said that. Okay, so it's it's not all um, like Russia related or Eastern Europe related. Uh-huh. There just happens to be like some Russia related stuff. So maybe they're sponsoring those ones because the like head of the film club or whatever got up and spoke. So he and the probably Ukra- had some like yeah. initiative in getting that movie showing. Yeah. And he's like Ukrainian professor, professor of Ukrainian at Columbia and stuff, but it's like, okay, sure. We weren't in a classroom setting, right. but he also presented, I mean, it just makes it very clear that the people involved in this all have a very particular view of the political situation of the conflict in Ukraine, and they're going to present that view as though it is the view, which is what bias is. So, like, an example of how that worked in the... Um, well, we heard people talking about the movie after it was shown, but like, yeah, you're, you think they're stupid. I mean, I think the guy who was giving the questions was pretty dumb, too, but he was, like, very naive and just like not informed and wanted to just basically like compliment the the director a lot and be like this was so amazing so via like talking too much yeah via like instead of asking questions actually saying statements and then being like do you agree (laughs) to the director Um, jesus christ like learn how to interview a little bit yeah it was really really ridiculous also like the the, this isn't like a slight or anything but like the director's english was not very good Right, which makes it harder for him to fully express himself. Like, right. he could have had a translator, but whatever. Um, but let's, okay, first thing about the film that shows me, shows everyone that it is uh, biased to, towards, like, being from the Western Ukrainian point of view, um, the official point of view, right? Like, a f- really just, that's, yeah, that's all I mean. Um, from the government, I mean, is having the way Eastern Ukraine, when Eastern Ukraine, all the shots take place in Eastern Ukraine basically are on border points. And the way it's introduced is not the name of a concrete town, but it says like a small town in occupied Eastern Ukraine. So it uses the word occupied and it also Mm -hmm. uses the word separatist to refer to the uh, militia people. Mm -hmm. And so... Okay, so that's that 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 language choice alone, and and it doesn't give a time actually a year or um, or location as I said, which is kind of shitty because it would 
be more interesting to know because um, that's been part of the dynamic of the war is that like it, it's changed quite a bit what's happening in the past four years and like also the locations have changed and like where the conflict is. I mean, I just personally would like to know where it was, but in I any mean, case, the timeline thing I think is important for being responsible because yeah, by removing the times, he's like being like, this is timeless. This is how right, it right. is. This now. could be right now. This yeah. could be, um, and it's know, not like, know. yeah. And it's, it's not like a Western audience is going to be familiar enough with either the political landscape or like any sort of aesthetic landscape to be able to be like, oh, that looks like it was about four years ago. Yeah, they could be like, that looks like some fucking scary post-Soviet nightmare <laughs> landscape yeah. that I don't understand. And it could be in the 90s or now. Right. What was the thing you said about it? You said something about it being post-Soviet. Like that's I what said, the aesthetic quality of it is. It's just like that I'm looking at buildings well, that's because the, I said that about the very last scene of the movie because uh, the last scene is when a camera is just, sorry for the spoiler, um, just like very, very slowly zooming out of uh, a scene that includes like basically like a film set, like a couple of trailers, mm-hmm. and it's in kind of an open courtyard with these Don't big say what tall, happens though. I won't. Big, okay. tall, uh, you know, gray concrete buildings quintessential post-soviet landscape and it's just kind of like very slowly zooming out and that um shot is what uh one critic after the film called the best final shot in contemporary cinema which just made me literally laugh because i was like i mean that's just not possible (laughs) no it's not 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 possible (laughs) but it's just not possible so that kind of like like ass licking was really intense in this premiere and that also made me like kind of rageful but um because that's the thing that like yeah people love to do maybe just like I don't know if it's like just an American thing but like being like oh like you come from this like poor culture we're gonna everything you do to like expose it me like it must be good or something when yeah. first of all yeah, yeah this guy's it doesn't even come from that culture but anyway <laughs> well but so, any i think any poverty aesthetic like is it's such a easy like cash grab or something it's just yeah like, i'm gonna show poor people and then i'm like golden right and so like th- my thinking was that that guy said that he thinks that's the best best last shot best last shot because it was like so quintessentially post-soviet in quotes because of those like monotonous did he use the word post-soviet no somebody did in the intro but they were just i don't know what they were i think the like film club guy did he did yeah he did he did but But he was he was was probably he was russian or ukrainian probably ukrainian (laughs) i would imagine yeah um because he's a professor of ukrainian i'm just guessing he was um, a professor of ukrainian yeah 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 and the head of the film club club ukrainian film club at columbia but yeah Uh so so yeah so i think that was like really capitalizing on just like this sort of people this like joy for some reason of like looking at this gray kind of horrible why do people get off on that so much (laughs) i don't know because it's like because it's unfamiliar it's like removed and it just feels like it feels like you're peeking in on something it feels like yeah, like the market for like poor people of color is um, uh, saturated. Yeah, and also like we've like, all seen like starving African children. We don't oh, need that, to see that, that shit anymore. Yeah, show me or some gray buildings in a post-Soviet space. That really gets me going. I think people also like the urban aspect. I don't know why, but for some reason, the urban poverty, like yeah, apoc- it's post-apocalyptic. It That's is very romantic because yeah. it's like this is what could happen if like a city decays and cities aren't supposed to decay they're supposed to like stay Be maintained ever up yeah. like kept up somehow which makes no sense because people are constantly like beating on them every day and they're in constant state of repair so it's like i feel like yeah something about because because the countryside like you know that can also be a place of poverty but i think in I mean, in so many cases, but I think somehow because there's fewer man-made objects in the countryside, there's few, there's less like clear signs of de- the decay of human-made objects, you know? Yeah, although even in this movie, there were shots of like uh, villages that also had a similar aesthetic, that like gray color scheme. Was there a village? There was, um, I want to say where the bunker was, was 
like small individual little houses in a field like a lot of the border zone areas were that way okay I thought they were just like yeah they were like fields but I don't know if there was like a town there but but yeah I mean I mean even like think about where we went oh god what was that place called the place outside of Laura's that we took the train out of oh a hundred percent that is a old like almost dead village yeah 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 Yeah. no and that has a particular um also yeah like that looked like a particularly russian or what i know russian villages rather than a village in some other country just based on like the the windows or something the dixie (laughs) and the other one (laughs) yeah that town um but but you hear what i'm saying about like the more things that are built the more you can see them decay decay if they're decaying and that's but honestly like i i mean in this particular movie it wasn't so much that the i guess there were there was like rubble and stuff but it wasn't so much that the buildings were decaying except but that like the people there were scenes yeah there were scenes of like violence and war within an urban setting yeah and also i just want to so we keep repeating this the whole like the whole the factor of the audience is so important because like i just like even even amongst our friends, like it's not just that they didn't know like about the conflict, but but remember like one of them didn't even know at the end of the film which side had been like portrayed the bad side, the, yeah. bad, the bad side, yeah. because it's confusing because there's like no extra information given. So if you don't, but that's okay. I don't think I don't think that we can critique that necessarily. Okay, but I'm just saying like there's very little. There's like almost no preparedness, so it just makes it like you have like a void of information, and then this movie has like a monopoly right. on it, which is like the classic problem with Eastern Russia or Eastern Europe. Yeah. So as soon as somebody like makes something, it's like void of information, like one like semi well like made aesthetic product comes out and everybody like humps it for the next five years yeah and and so okay so the other the other thing so i'm talking about a particular novel yeah exactly oh my god i actually thought about that novel during it because the com okay this is a side note the conversation in the bus this is by no means like an important point but just the thing i thought about and tittered to myself about the conversation in the bus right before they get or right before the like militia officer comes in and asks for meat Mm -hmm. yeah the two grandmas are talking about like like winterizing their terrace remember they're talking about putting up glass yeah yes yeah and And also like speculating on if their homes are still going to be there yes but they're like at one point one of them's like we were planning on putting i mean okay side note all of the acting was like so forced it was like really not good acting that that annoyed me the whole time not all of it a lot of it i mean I don't know. I'm a lot of it. Like this is not about the content. It just like honestly was like just felt unnatural because it's like a lot of them were not professional actors. So just, yeah, like, was I mean really I wonder. Unnatural. I wonder if that was the driving factor or like at some point that has to become intentional. Like he has. I think to it was intentional, that but that trend. is annoying to me. I don't. Like, I don't. That's not necessarily annoying for me. Well, I I just found like like think about remember that movie Joy, how it was that way in that movie also, and those are professional actors. Remember Wait, that movie? movie? We saw it together. It's that one with Jennifer Lawrence where she's like a infomercial sales lady. Oh yeah. And it also they, had that sort of like forest cheesy like people don't actually talk like that thing going mm-hmm. on. Okay, well yeah, this definitely had that which I think like I art would argue made it less and this is totally probably intentional but like yeah, less authentic or like less like raw or something. Um and anyway, which is probably from our argument side is like a good thing. Like there should be yeah. a layer of unreality because if that thing was super like if the actors were really good and it felt really authentic, it would be then even more like a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, he should have just montaged together into YouTube videos. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> cool. Put some music over. Them, it would it have good. been cool, honestly, like that. I don't know. It's the artifice aspect is like a confusing thing to me because like people usually, so I think part of the reason people could really latch on to this as being authentic and raw and not paid into the artifice just happens to be, it's like intense foreignness for the audience that, that was watching it. Because I think like that wouldn't work as well with something that people were really familiar with. I think it would be more, you know, it's always appealing to have something be like, feel like it really is it happening? I mean, especially that feel like it's like footage from a war front. Yeah. And so yeah. having this layer of artifice, I think 
worked better for an audience that has less familiarity is basically what I'm saying. But in any case, the conversation the two grandmas are having is like really, to me, really didn't, felt especially artificial because it felt like, it, it was weird. It was like, it actually really reminded me of that book because they were talking about something that is really obvious and that people, like, they explained something that I would not imagine any Russian or, like, Soviet person ever explaining, which is why you need to put glass around your um, <laughs> porch. Because everybody would like, already know that. Yeah, like she was like, we were planning on putting glass around our porch to store our stuff in the winter so that it's warm. And it was just like, obviously, that's why you're doing that. Like, that's a normal yeah. thing. It's really normal to use your terrace as a storage space. Or not terrace, but like your closed porch. In the, in the, we're talking about Keith Gesson's book. In the Keith Gesson <laughs> book, it's possible he used language like that because he understood he was writing for a Western audience. I, I don't know if that was the intent. Of right. Well, this movie. I mean, it could have been, though. So that's Maybe. a little The, like a the little other signal. thing is, I know this is kind of like not, let, all evidence points this not being the case, especially because I haven't watched this guy's other movies, so I don't really have an idea of it. But <clears throat> I do think that there's some sort of possibility that he understands that he's modifying reality in like this false way by having this movie. Like what I said after we were going to dinner is like somebody who spends so much time thinking about like where things that like slippage between reality and fiction, like he has to reflect on the own thing. He's the thing that he's made. And he allegedly spends time doing that because he's a documentary maker or what? that's what but the whole movie was like permeated with that really intensely so like he's thinking about it at least in an artistic sense and i would assume that at the end he has his final product and he watches it and he understands that he's modifying reality by making the movie i just don't see how you couldn't the the thing is like it's possible that all those scenes have happened like that's it's not out of the realm of possibility that those scenes have happened but by well only with, focusing on those yeah. scenes like every single scene was either gruesome or uncomfortable or uh like violent every single yeah. one like you really paint a certain picture whereas if you had picked one of those scenes and then everything else could have been like just images of people going about their daily lives or like more in-depth and like uh, like conversations like there weren't there weren't actually any there was so few conversations within it that indicated that people in the in eastern ukraine were thinking critically about the conflict yeah like so everything yeah. was really politically charged um it was like either it's really politically charged and people are super patriotic and like grotesquely patriotic or they're these like sad um wayfish like silent victims of war who to quote the director actually kind of like the hell they're living in and they're that's why they're choosing to continue to live in it what i what i really i like want to get um a little bit more into like explaining my reaction which you've definitely like outlined um but so yeah so like this bombardment of really caricatured scenes like as you've been as you said like there's just scene after scene of a negative portrayal of the people in it and the people all are from eastern ukraine and it's like what it does and why i would consider this film to be like with if not fully propagandistic because that's just like i don't know whatever um with propagandistic elements uh is that (laughs) i mean i i would almost feel comfortable i would feel comfortable as calling it propaganda yeah Yeah, i i do too and here's why like we just had an interview with a propaganda expert and we know how this works the film (laughs) creates an enemy and it does that it creates an enemy that's very clear and that's the people of eastern ukraine any person of eastern ukraine any person not just the government not just the soldiers and it does so by like the main tactic of enemy making which is dehumanizing and it like it depicts these the people as like again of all walks and stuff of life of all ages as being these kind of like either totally brutal savage kind of stupid cruel patriotic neanderthals yeah yeah like stupid cruel which is like in the scenes with the soldiers when they like make fun of the german guy or something like that or as being as you said like these pitiful but also like ugly and repulsive uh victims who are very flat 
like do not dumb. have personalities and stupid and not yeah. critical. So yeah. it's like the the dehumanizing factor, like as we've talked about so many times, it's such an important element of propaganda because it makes it so that like it's essentially just makes it so that it's easier to commit violence against people who are not humans. I mean, that's well, it, to, to, like, it, to top it off. It's like, yeah, you do all these things that are like indications of propaganda and then it's funded by the Western Ukrainian government. Right, right. That's so, crazy that I know. they didn't say anything about that in the presentation of the movie. I know. It's really messed up. And that's, that could be something to discuss that's more interesting than this, like, floaty... I, like, cannot say what was discussed. I have, like... <laughs> they were just talking about, like, yeah. basically the border of reality and unreality yeah. without yeah. having any basis. The guy didn't have any basis in reality, so he's just saying, like, his <laughs> yeah. opinion. He's like, from all the YouTube videos I never watched, this seems more realistic than oh, God, the YouTube videos. That guy but, was, ugh. Yeah, the dehum- and the dehumanizing, like, comes through in, and, and, okay, I use the word savage, which I'm sure is, like, questionable. Problematic. Yeah, but you know, like, when the soldier comes on the bus and he's in that, like, fur thing? Yeah. And then he, like, cuts off the meat with a knife? Yeah. That is behavior of a person from, like, another i don't know what to call it time or like yeah um, yeah uh, culture <laughs> entirely like, i mean I don't the know. coat like, is beautiful but it's like an old it's it, it's like it, a ripped fur right right it's like, but like over the military fatigues yeah like he's they're trying to depict him as this like and he's like kind of hunched and giant like lumbering down yeah, the aisle this, like, yeah and then he hacks kind of. off like a chunk of meat with a knife Right. I mean, it's, there's a, there's this bestial quality. Oh my God. And then like, okay. So, right. So as I said, like the, that's a dehumanizing factor. We also, so we're, we're in the, uh, you know, the land of Eastern Ukraine the whole time in the movie and we see that it's being bombed and attacked and Mm -hmm. that means it's being bombed and attacked by Western Ukraine, but there's no, um, indication of that we really don't see the like other side and so that's like the other part of how the movie is biased is that we don't see yeah well we see there's very few scenes there's that one scene with the official where we see someone from like ukraine yeah you see a few border scenes with them but that i honestly feel like that inclusion of of like bombs exploding and stuff i don't know I'm definitely giving the director too much credit, but might be some sort of like nod to the fact that this is not an accurate depiction of reality. Like anybody who's semi-critical, like anybody who's not a complete dunce is going to watch that movie and like should have some sort of like head tilting response to it. Like, "Uh, what is that about? But obviously, but he had to include, like it's not a secret that Western Ukraine is bombing Eastern Ukraine. Like that can't be a secret. That's, that's, that's like that, what's happening is or was that not what you're saying that like by showing it he's like showing i think that it it offers an opportunity for the slightly more critical audience to understand what they're seeing is very biased because he could he could go the whole time without showing like the first explosion we see is staged so he could continue to do and that kind of well maybe i'm gonna renege on what i just said but that the fact that the first form of violence we see is staged makes you question if the following ones are staged and well, if any act of violence say. is staged. I mean, yeah. it's a, it appears to be staged because the like reactions to it are staged. But, and, that, and that's what I read in other reviews. It's like it sets up the sort of like post-truth view of the movie where it's like, is anything real or whatever? But um, you definitely see people in East Ukraine suffering. So again, it's not like he's not showing suffering. He's showing suffering. Right. But he's also showing brutality, cold-heartedness, um, a lack of empathy and pure stupidity and mm-hmm. like v- really kind of like and like a deep level of ignorance like the scene with the german uh journalist is like very intensely caricatured like as though you know yeah as though basically like all russians think all germans are fascists i mean that's what it is that's like the essence of that scene i mean yeah the, to me though that like that scene didn't it didn't feel like the soldiers weren't actually accusing him of being fascist. They were just like, they were just being haranguing him. Yeah. They were haranguing him. And then finally, like their commander called them off. Yeah. The commander who had just like chastised a bunch of boys and yeah. made them take their shirts off. Yeah. I mean, like, and then like you, so it's a very, it's very, I'm taking this from this one, like interview also that I read that helps me think through it, but it's like a very one review. Sorry, not interview. 
very monolithic image of the, of the enemy, which is yeah. a direct quote. Yeah. But I, I think that really sums it up well. Um, and, and so, yeah, so you get a sense of there's one enemy and that's what the, who the enemy is. So that's part of how the bias works. And then like, and, and they're the enemy not because of um, their like perpetrations on another n- nation, but on against their own people. That's the implication of the movie because you don't see interaction between Eastern and Western Ukraine. You really only see like Eastern Ukrainian militia people doing horrible things to citizens or citizens being subjugated in some way. No, but you, well, you see the pole scene is the pole the, scene. The, the tied to a pole yeah. scene is with a, yeah. a, you know, like Ukrainian, I don't right. get what he was like something, but he they, was from what the did they call it? What did they call him? There was a word for it. Some kind of volunteer. But yeah, I mean, the, the right, the pinnacle, I mean, at least I think the director said this or somebody said this, like the pinnacle vignette or scene of the movie is this time when they've captured some sort of Western Ukrainian soldier and bring him into Eastern Ukraine. And basically, like these two um, militia soldiers tie him to a pole and then essentially allow like the townspeople to do what they will with him. Yeah, to, like, humiliate him and attack him, punch him. And yeah. the thing is, and, like, just generally humiliate and, like, degrade him. The thing is, though, like, you mentioned that these things could be based in reality. But as a side note, like, I didn't, I wasn't able to, like, definitively, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to prove that, like, these things didn't happen. And I don't think that that's, like, really the point anyway. But yeah. a lot of the scene, part of the caricatures of the scene, it's like a scene that like sort of could happen, but like way overblown or that like is unlikely. For example, um, oh, there's a lot of examples, but I think like, I think like the scene with like, you know, one really crazy patriotic commander making people strip down and humiliating them for not serving is like one of the more possible scenes. Mm -hmm. But the scene of tying, so the tying somebody to a a post thing, like that is something that I would say, first of all, there's like, I've seen YouTube videos of people being tied in public with the sign on their neck um, for, um, in both in Western and Eastern Ukraine and like by the, by people, by the people, not by Mm -hmm. like enforcement or military. That's scary, but like those sort of like freakish scenes do happen and they have like a precedent the like i mean i don't know the concept of the actual militiamen doing it and having it be sort of sanctioned i think is sub is questionable definitely questionable but like i don't know i don't know if it's questionable or not but it is questionable i mean this like i just don't have like we don't have enough information and again it's sort of besides the point because like even if that was (laughs) <laughs> if that happened it wouldn't be like a common occurrence but that's just not like and and the whole the way the crowd reacted i i just i wish that i like could see that youtube video because i i mean you could find it by searching probably if it's still up yeah i mean i i've searched youtube videos for like that kind of thing for like people being tied by the militia and i was able to find the like um the ones I, i'd seen them before because like there's there's just a couple of like more viewed ones but um i mean i didn't look for that long i mean my like singular source on all this said that i mean yeah again singular source and everything but this is like somebody who is from that world said that like that that kind of thing is like first of all in their personal experience the way people react is much more like just get the fuck out and avoid that mm. kind of thing. If you see yeah. it, you don't go up to somebody and punch them because you don't know what, what's going on there. And like it, most people I don't think would be like taking selfies and that whole, that grotesque yeah. was like, yeah, that Whoa, is grotesque, really, yeah. really exaggerated. And I think the, according to this person, like most people would just like get as far away from that spot as possible. Um, and then also said that like punishments at le- in the very beginning of the conflict, there were more sort of mob militia situations in which like people, somehow got weapons and just like decided that they were armed forces and they did stuff like that and like they could do something like that like tie someone up um, and be like we're like we have I have a gun so like I'm a soldier but that like later in the conflict when there was more military organization things were like more by the rules which is that like you know if you have a captive 
uh, from the other side, like it that ca- prisoner of war, prisoner of war. Like there are a set of whatever rules of, in terms of what you do with that prisoner of war, and tying them to a post so that people can punch them is not <laughs> in that set. So. Yeah, so it's about like showing these intensely exaggerated and like grotesque scenes in a row, and as you said, without showing anything else, it's just like this is a monopoly. It's like, oh Jesus, what a horrible land! (laughs) Why would it like to go there at all? I mean, it's yeah, and it's so sad because like to me, like yeah, I don't know. Well, my personal interest is definitely more in like what's happening in people's apartments and stuff. Yeah other everyday life things and like yeah having people having yeah, there opinions was actually literally no conversations about the conflict between just like two regular people or just their experience like except yeah. for the one who's like my house is maybe not there like but their experience of like why did they what are they doing like how are they doing now what happened when it started like no voices like just no, the people in yeah. the bunkers you don't they don't have any voices oh god the bunker scene yeah okay I mean, yeah I have five okay, minutes, it's 25. So. You gotta go. Wait, let yeah. me just, before you go, let me just check that my notes that I didn't not rant on anything that I needed to rant on. And well, we didn't get to talk about like, you know, any of my limited knowledge of the other side. So we didn't provide anyone with any of that, but <laughs> that can be, that can be in another, <laughs> in yeah. another episode and yeah. it will be. So sometime. Yeah. Sometime. Well, no, Years not that one. Now. <laughs> In the one where we talk about the history more. Oh, okay. Because, like, the little mini history I gave at the beginning is, like, obviously yeah. not enough for people. <laughs> um, and sure. sometimes you have to be on, the, like, the side of the... Like, in this case, it, it, it don't have to be, but it's hard. It, yeah. it, it makes sense to, like, be on the other side, whatever, because, like, we're not showing... That film did not show the perspective of... As much as it showed only Eastern Ukrainian people, it didn't show their perspective, funnily enough. Isn't that ironic? Very ironic. (sighs) All right. But yeah, I mean, if I would still recommend going to see it if if you get the opportunities. Imagine if a film was funded by Putin, though. Like, how people would not watch it or be pissed. It's just so funny. If it was funded by the Russian government, they'd be like, evidently propagandistic. Also, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's the episode. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Telegram at She's in Russia. Sign up for our monthly image-based newsletter. And consider becoming a patreon because what we're trying to do with money right now is hire a translator because we have a shit ton of things to translate and it sucks for lily to have to do them all so help us out there is fund a film about west ukraine from the perspective i want to thank specifically (laughs) our most recent patreons patrons because we've had a a couple let me just pull them up right now i won't say your last name don't worry mommy are you a patron um Loading, loading. Alright, uh, thank you to Charles and Roz. Ross. I don't know. R A H S. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's much appreciated. Um, I haven't sent your stickers yet, but I'll do that. I've been slow. Okay, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Drop.